the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because so many technology leaders are thinking about their career, right? And other disciplines as well, right? Where am I today? Where do I want to get to? And how do I build those skills and then find those opportunities? And your story is one that has spanned decades and been um, a very intentional, very rewarding journey. If you're a tech leader looking to learn today's best practices for leading high-functioning teams, you're in the right spot. In each episode, we learn from today's top tech leaders as they share their successes, their failures, and their lessons learned along the way. I'm Debbie Madden, and this is the Scaling Tech Podcast, your blueprint for scaling tech teams. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Scaling Tech Podcast. Today, we are very lucky to be talking to JP Grace. It's great to have you. Um, so we're, we're diving into a very interesting topic today, um, the path to becoming a CTO. Uh, JP and I were talking a couple of weeks back and he shared with me a fascinating story that I really wanted everybody to hear because many technologists who want to become a CTO or are a CTO have, have a journey, right? You don't start your career as a CTO most most of the time. And so your path was very intentional and that's what I wanna talk about today. Before we jump into questions, I wanna tell everyone who JP is. So JP has, has a very interesting background. Um, he's a seasoned engineering leader who has pa paved his way in the tech industry with his ability to drive business growth and positive change. He's currently the CTO of Endear, where he is assisting omni-channel retail brands in driving sales with an easy-to-implement CRM platform, which is super relevant right now. And before Endear, uh, you were part of X, uh, sorry, ZX Ventures, which is a subsidiary of AB InBev. That's a lot of letters. But <laughs> many of us know AB InBev. It's one of the world's biggest companies. And there you served in various roles, including startup CTO coach, interim CTO, and tech advisor, driving global omni-channel and e-commerce tech strategy um, to do things including improving customer experience and creating high growth businesses. Um, you were also instrumental at a company called Live Intent, um, uh, where you really drove tech innovation and played a crucial role for taking the company from zero to evaluation in the hundreds of millions. Right, And we tell you this background because that is your path and that's what you're going to talk to us about today. Uh, now, even before that, um, you hold a degree in finance from the University of Central Florida. So that's interesting in and of itself. Most people don't come through technology through finance. Um, and so you've always imagined your career in tech leadership from a very, very young age. And you have been very intentional about the things you have done, the experiments, the feedback you've gotten. So I really want to start there. Um, so walk us through um, how you've imagined and, and how you knew you wanted to get on this path and kind of walk us through your journey. Yeah, Debbie, again, thank you for having me. Um, super excited to be here today. Starting when I was very young in school and high school, I always loved technology. I loved taking things apart. I remember taking apart a radio when I was in middle school to just see what all the pieces were. So I understood how everything worked. Um, I also got started in programming, uh, doing uh, basic on my TI-82 originally, and then 
I advanced into doing assembly so I could do a little bit more performant things. That's really how I got started programming. It was always very interesting to me. I remember hanging out at my grandparents' place and my grandfather telling me about how computers were really the new bicycle uh, for the business age of the future. How it would be really good to to be good at that. And, uh, you know, that always struck me. I, I read a ton of books when I was in high school about the pioneers in the tech industry going back to the 50s um, and really got inspired about creating new things and adding value to people's lives with this new capability that allows you to be creative and expressive and make new things out of nothing. Uh, and, and so that's really where I got started going through high school. Uh, I created apps for all of my friends, uh, TI-82s, everything from games to periodic table uh, capabilities for chemistry class. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I, I then went to UCF, dual majored in computer science and finance. It was a ton yeah. of fun. Okay. Um, kind of combining both of those worlds, thinking back to you know what my grandfather was talking about and how you really needed to be able to combine the technology aspect of things to the business value aspect of things. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I got started. And I deliberately spent a bunch of time figuring out how to connect the dots there. When I graduated, I moved to New York City. Uh, I love New York City. I was talking to some friends recently about kind of the journey here. I grew up in Florida. And when I was in college and thinking about where I was going to be after college, I traveled a bunch. I went, spent some time in Colorado, snowboard instructor uh, in Breckenridge. Uh, I t did a bunch of cross-country trips to kind of try and find myself. I spent a bunch of time in California. Um, and I always kind of imagined there was probably a few places that I could end up. San Francisco was one of them. New York City was another one. And in my time that I spent in the San Francisco area, I really realized that it was all about technology. And right. um, while I loved that, I think the thing that really resonated with me in New York City was that there's so much diversity of stuff going on here. You've got the finance people, the marketing people, the media people, the fashion people. You've got all of Broadway going on. There's just so many different things. But everybody's kind of doing their own thing and the thing that really ties it all together is that in New York City, you got to want it. You got to have that hustle mentality. And so whatever people are doing here in New York City, they are going for it. And uh, I, I feel it every time I leave New York City, when I'm getting a cup of coffee, uh, I feel like there's just no urgency in, in making that espresso. First thing in the morning, what I need is a, a cup of coffee if I'm traveling uh, somewhere. I, I spend a ton of time in Europe with ZX Ventures, they just don't make the coffee quick enough out there. Same thing in San Francisco. There's too much of a laid back attitude uh, about everything. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to have my coffee, but that's the energy of New York city is really what drew me here. And then I spent a bunch of time uh, just chopping wood. I knew I needed a, a bunch of experience just at the, the ground level, understanding how things work, really putting in my time, uh, I started here in New York City at, at MTV VH1. I literally okay. moved up here 
without a job. I uh, got a job within two weeks, spent five years uh, at Viacom, uh, met a lot of great people. It's a great company. Uh, I learned a ton about building web applications at a big company. Um, but eventually I realized that if I wanted to, to realize my dream of becoming a CTO, I needed to demonstrate a lot of growth quickly. And I felt like I was kind of trapped. Uh, you know, it was a, a ton of fun working there, a lot of great people, but I felt like there was a, a ceiling and I was being really constrained into a niche of what I was working on. I wanted to get a lot of experience learning a bunch of things really quickly. Uh, and so I interviewed at a bunch of different places, ended up at Live at Ted, employee number five, um, you know, second individually contributing software engineer responsible for roughly like of the flagship product, uh, you know, conceptualizing, architecting, greeting, and maintaining that product from zero uh, through to, you know, the company having a valuation of hundreds of millions of dollars. It was a ton of fun. Learned a ton. Got to do all kinds of different things. Made a bunch of mistakes. Went from an individually contributing software engineer to director of engineering there. We had and like 14 reporting into me, roughly like 30 folks. It was a ton of fun. Um, and then, you know, as my time there was uh, winding down and I was looking for the next thing, um, you know, what I wanted was basically my boss's job. And uh, as I was interviewing around, I spent a bunch of time interviewing uh, at a bunch of different places here in the city, a bunch of different startups, you know, CTO, VP of engineering, trying to figure out where I could land in a place that would really leverage all the experience that I just had for five years uh, live at 10, which is that advertising marketing technology company you think of it kind of like uh, google's double click but for inside of email newsletters even today you know the top 99 of the top 100 publishers if you look in your email newsletters from them the new york times the one i get every single day you'll see powered by live intent at the bottom i Got think it. that's a very cold legacy yeah yeah um and it, it what i found was that I was missing some key um, experience. I got a ton of experience building out products and those sorts of things, but I was missing some strategic decision-making experience, some organizational experience, meaning like really being able to make an impact and uh, being able to align cross-functionally uh, with peers um, in a way that demonstrated an impact. Um, and so I took a step back and I started thinking about how can I get this experience? Mm -hmm. um, if, if I can't get the job I want right now, after a few months of interviewing and getting feedback on these interviews about, you know, where are the gaps here? Um, I started thinking about where could I get this experience? And after a few more months of searching, uh, I ended up at ZX Ventures, which was the perfect opportunity for me. Uh, as you mentioned before, it's part of ABM Bev. You can think of it kind of like the disruptive growth arm of ABM Bev. And they started it in, I want to say like 2016. I, I joined within the first six months. Yeah, six months of them kicking off this initiative. And so really got in, in on the ground floor, was able to make a huge impact. Uh, we started with zero businesses in our portfolio. I grew that to about 40 over the course of five years. Um, and it was an opportunity for me to not only get a lot of that cross-functional uh, alignment 
and um, ability to make an impact across the organization, but also understand strategically the best decision-making frameworks um, for a startup. And one of the things that I'm most appreciative about my time there is just the fact that I got to see so many startups go through so many different phases of the life cycle uh, maturity. Um, I really got to see when it's important to make specific types of decisions. You know, we, we put together a bunch of different uh, frameworks and playbooks for best practices and how to be successful in a startup. And sometimes they weren't successful because uh, the company was too little. Uh, it was not ready yet to start adopting some of those things. And, um, you know, that was a huge takeaway for me and really trying to organize in my head, like, okay, these are really important things to be doing, but uh, they don't need to be done for everybody at the same time. You need to kind of grow organically get to the next level, then you can focus on the next thing. And so that was a huge takeaway for me. And it gave me a lot of confidence in um, what I eventually, uh, you know, left there and was looking for the next big thing. Uh, I, I left at in the height of the pandemic um, and decided that was the best time to uh, find the next <laughs> thing for me. Uh, I spent seven months uh, interviewing founders and co-founders uh, morning, noon, and night, every day. I literally interviewed hundreds, hundreds of founders and co-founders. Yeah. I want really to wonder, yeah. talk about that. So you mentioned that to me earlier. And so your, your journey so far has been fascinating. I want to highlight, um, you went to school with a dual major with the intent of learning how to build and learning how to build a business to be able to build. That was your first intentional, this big decision. Yeah. You're, you know, you also intentionally decided to move to New York City after kind of interviewing many locations yeah. due to its diversity. And then you intentionally um, sought out different types of experience, large company, MTV, Viacom, small startup within an enterprise, small startup. Um, and then you said, okay, now I'm missing some, some, some strategic bits and I'm going to interview people for seven months. Did, how did you, how, did you set out to take that long? Did you, you interviewed 150 people. Um, how did you arrive at that experiment? Because that's a very unusual um, undertaking and it, and it, you, you spend quite a while. Um, and so, yeah, tell me about how you decided to do that, why you decided to do that. Very interesting. So it was very intentional. I did know it was right. probably going to take something like six to 12 months based on conversations that I'd had with other executives and co-founders and people who were kind of at least tangentially aligned with the same type of career path. Uh, I do a bunch of reading as well. So I, I read everything from at ACM's uh, magazine, which comes out uh, every month, which is a, if anybody doesn't know it, it's uh, Association of Computing Machinery, um, something that I've been associated with since college. Um, and they put out great articles every month on everything you can imagine at a very detailed technical level. 
to like Harvard Business Review, to MIT Review, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, et cetera. But there's a bunch of research around being intentional and around um, being deliberate and systematic when you're looking for something very specific. And I knew what I was looking for. I was looking for something that was going to be very early stage. I wanted to be able to make a huge impact on the business. I wanted to have a, a big ownership stake in the business. I wanted something that was going to align with my past experience in a way that I would be very confident in my ability to execute on the business and on the technology side of the business um, so that this was going to be, uh, it would have a good chance of being successful, right? And uh, so I kept interviewing and I, I interviewed a bunch of different people. Some businesses were uh, in a domain that I just wasn't interested in. Some businesses weren't at the right stage, right? Like I interviewed with some companies that were already at Series C, uh, but I got a nice warm intro. And so I wanted to, you know, have a conversation just to see where they were at and understand, you know, what they were actually looking for. Cause you never know. Um, I did try and keep a, a pretty wide uh, breadth of um, opportunities open. So I wasn't being super specific on who I would talk to because you never know who knows right. who. And, and so, I, I literally every single day I had a uh, a bunch of notes that I would write down before I met with somebody, you know, doing my research on whatever, you know, LinkedIn, who I was meeting with. Um, I would take notes after I met with people. I would follow up with maybe somebody that they knew. Um, and then I would also just, I was reaching out to like VCs and trying to understand, you know, who's hiring right now, what opportunities are they seeing? Um, what advice do they have just in general uh, for these sorts of things? So I was trying to really take a deliberate long-term approach to this and, and thinking about how I could make the best decision, the most informed decision, and find the perfect opportunity uh, for me. And so it wasn't until I met Lee and Janesh, the co-founders of Endear, that I knew I'd found the perfect fit. Everything from their own strategic vision for the business to their own personalities, how they operate the business. Um, and then also the actual domain of the business itself. I knew I found the perfect place. So when you were going on this journey, this, this interviewing, taking notes, preparing, um, the, the ultimate outcome was finding what led you to be the CTO of Endear based on these factors you just described along the way, did you have milestones did you have you know outputs that you were measuring in, in addition to the outcome of getting the 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 ideal job meaning did you say i'm going to meet with this many people per week or learn this many things or um did you and the reason why i'm asking because a lot of people when they take the time to really think about what do i want to do next with my my life um it is it's very stressful and there's a lot do i do, can I afford to do it as a full-time endeavor? Do I do it while I'm currently employed? How do I go about it? And so um, the outcome is often getting getting a great next position aligned with my intentions. Um, 
but but how do you how do you think people should think about or like what do you, what's your best practice for like the journey along the way like what if it were to take you two years right what if it were to take you after a month you would have found something and you were like I don't know I haven't done this long enough right like how like what how what did you hold yourself during the during the journey yeah so I think there's a couple of things one um, I needed some sort of ballast. Uh, in my life around this time because it is stressful and there's a lot of unstructured activity going on in your life when you're going through this sort of a journey. And so the thing that I focused on was just trying to get healthy. And uh, I think that helped align me around healthy activities, both in work and in actual health. Um, And one of the things that I kept as kind of like almost like a mantra was just, you know, I needed to be chopping wood. Uh, I didn't need to feel like I was doing too much. Um, you know, some of this is just organic, right? Like you got to wait for the right people to come to you. And so some of my activity was just around like, okay, I'm going to have a bunch of conversations. I'm going to be telling the same stories over and over again. Um, how do I tell these stories in a way that makes a big impact that delivers the important pieces of information in a way that's you know, as snappy as possible. Um, and so I got a lot of practice talking to people about like what was important to me, what I was looking for specifically. And so that by the time I actually met Lee and Janesh, um, you know, I was very confident in my ability to communicate exactly what I was looking for. Um, you know, I literally had hundreds of conversations where I'd said basically the same thing and gotten feedback. And a lot of it wasn't direct feedback, but you can tell when somebody is zoning out uh, whether or not you are communicating something that is interesting or is really, you know, triggering them to to have the next couple of thoughts that they want to talk about. And so because I'd had so much practice and experience around, um, you know, telling my story, saying what was important to me, um, I, I got very confident in my ability to, um, to communicate with all of the people that I was meeting. Um, and, and it's just like, you, you know, when you're trying to lose weight and get healthy and those sorts of things, it's the daily habits that are important. So like when you're losing weight, it's like maybe exercising or counting your calories or whatever you do to, to get healthy. Right. And with this, it was, I need to spend um, one or two hours a day focusing on reaching out to new opportunities and learning about these opportunities. Right. I didn't want to spend so much time on like outreach that I didn't have enough time to prepare and fully understand each opportunity. So, you know, you have to spend a couple of hours uh, a week just researching opportunities and, and understanding, is there a business here? What is this company actually doing? And sometimes it means you have to go meet with a bunch of people. So I uh, spent a bunch of money on Ubers driving around the city meeting for coffees uh, to get a better sense of what does this business actually do and, and who are the people involved? Do I want to work with these people? Um, you know, so there, I, I think one of the, the biggest takeaways I had was that you can't rush it. You have to take your time. Um, you have to be deliberate. Some of it is just, you have to wait until the, the right opportunity comes your way. And so yeah. to your point, what, what if it took a month or what if it took two years? Uh, it would have been great if it only took a month, um, but I was prepared to, wait until I found the right opportunity. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I, I really resonated with a couple of things that you said. You said, um, really pay attention to how your message is resonating with people verbally or with their body language and then revise that message so that you gain the confidence, number one, that that you really have, you really by the end honed in on what what good looked like. Yeah, that that you had a very clear definition of success. That you you had a hypothesis of going in, and then you also revised based on what was feasible, what was out there, what opportunities were available, and then also that was received by the people that you were wanting to work with, right? So when you got that that um, all the stars aligned moment, you knew it. And you were able to then present your best self because it was not the first time you've had this conversation. Yeah. And I think those kind of takeaways are really critical and um and and your intentionality and your directionality from the start um led you to uh your dream job, right? Your dream yeah. job, which is really and, amazing. And you, you touched on something that I think is really important in this. Like the first time I went about doing this, I realized I didn't actually have all the things I needed. And right. uh, after a couple of months, I pivoted and I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. Um, I need to feel confident that I've got all of the tools that I need to be successful in one of these roles. I, the, the feedback I'm getting is like, not all inspiring. You know, they, the, the people I was talking with were clearly not impressed with uh, what I was telling them that I had delivered. So I took that to heart and I reset my expectations and I went about trying to figure out how I could get all of the uh, impressive stories that I needed to, uh, to tell um, to the, the founders and co-founders that I wanted to meet eventually. Um, and, and so I, I had to do that. I had to put in the time of actually working hard and actually getting those successes. And, you know, some of it's luck, I'm sure. Um, but at the same time, uh, once I felt like I had gotten that, I felt confident that I was going to land my dream job, being able to make a huge impact on it, a small company, help it to grow, uh, and really follow all of those playbooks that I've learned and see expenditures over the course of years, I'm sure, year and dear. So it was just a matter of finding the right folks to connect with, um, you know, making sure that we resonated on a, how we're going to work on a day-to-day -day basis, how we envision building a company, um, the things that are actually important to us, like the core principles of the company. And so, yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think th this conversation has been so fascinating because you took us through kind of like a a year in the life, right? Not a day in the life, but really like a year in the life, uh, multiple multiple years. And there have been so many um, takeaways and, and and tidbits and lessons learned that 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 we have heard um, throughout this conversation. And so as we're as we're wrapping up, I'll I'll, I'll end with um, you know the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because so many technology leaders are thinking about their career, right? And other disciplines as well, right? Um, where am I today? Where do I want to get to? And how do I build those skills and then find those opportunities? 
And your story is one that has spanned decades and been um, a very intentional, very rewarding journey. So anything that we haven't covered yet that you would say, okay, what advice do you have for others um, that are are hoping to or who are currently walking this path of like wanting to become a CTO one day or um, maybe who already are a CTO and are looking for, you know, um, that next CTO job. Like what what um, what final takeaways do you have for folks that want to walk this path? Yeah, I, I'd say if you are not the head of an engineering organization, but that's an aspiration, the, the biggest, most important thing to keep in mind is just how are you making impact where you are right now and being able to tell a story about why that was so important, not to you, but to the business. Um, and then for anybody that's, you know, curious about finding something new, um, you know, it, it's about knowing exactly what you're looking for, in my opinion, and be very intentional about uh, how you go about finding those opportunities. Um, in my experience, you have to have a lot of conversations. You talk to a lot of people, um, you know, reach out to your network, reach out to your friends, your former colleagues, reach out to VCs. VCs are a great uh, resource yeah. when you are looking for these types of roles. Um, you know, they're talking to people all the time who are looking for people with experience to help them execute on their dream. Um, and so, you know, I found that very valuable myself. Um, but don't turn people away just because you don't think it's going to be a good fit. Um, have a conversation. You know, 30 minutes is a great way to practice telling your story, to get feedback. And eventually, you're going to find the right person, the right opportunity for you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So with that, we'll wrap up. So thank you so much. This has been a lovely, engaging, and very important conversation. And so have a great day. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Debbie. It was a pleasure. Hey, everyone. If you've enjoyed today's episode, remember to subscribe, give it five stars, and more importantly, share it with someone that you think will benefit listening. And remember, as always, think about the one to two key takeaways that you can apply today to help you and your team achieve your goals. Until then, keep iterating.